Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to another episode of the A to Z of the 90s with me, Andy Bush, and Louise Maloney. How you doing, Louise? You all right? Yeah, yeah I'm really good. How are you? Very, very good. Well, you know the score with this thing. We were going through the 90s, an iconic decade, categorising. It's a public service in many ways. We're categorising and chronicling uh, every iconic thing from the 1990s in alphabetical order. We haven't hit... I, I, don't, I don't feel like we've hit the the, the nightmare, the, the Bermuda Triangle letter yet. You're a little bit worried about E as we head towards it, though, right? Bush, I was so worried about E. I was at the beginning of the season. I was like, there's just no way. But actually, um, as the weeks have gone on, I have... I've had a good think about it and now have a little list. Actually, the best thing about this this episode is uh, we're recording from home, so I can have a little look into your... It's a, it's a view I've never seen of your flat before. I've never physically been in your flat, but I've uh, recorded with you I before. I like to keep you, you away from my flat. It's, it's quite a few friends have the same kind of rules, but um, normally I can see you've been in your, like, airing cupboard. I, I believe that we've recorded in there a couple of times. Different view this. I'm looking into what appears to be a galley kitchen. Yeah, so I just felt like the cupboard wasn't conducive to being creative or right. having a laugh. And so I've moved everything into the dining table and you've got yeah, the little kitchenette behind me. Some lovely leather seats you got there. It looks like uh, going into the boardroom on The Apprentice. You're fired. Uh, <laughs> uh, speaking of being at home in the flat, uh, Bush, I'm in over my head with the cat situation. All right, so, so let's recap. So last week you told us how your other half had mistaken uh, your neighbour's cat for a dog. Is that right? Yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. So I just wanted to hang out with a small dog, preferably a pug. He told me it was a pug. I was absolutely delighted. Got right. in touch with her and she was basically like, I have a cat. I don't know what he saw, but I have Amazing. a cat. And then roped me into like feeding the cat when she's away for the weekend. So I had to do a little dummy run last oh. week, okay, Bush, there are four different cat stations in the flat that I have to attend to. Right, so okay. tell me through this, tell me through this. Okay, so there are four different stations uh, that I had to be walked through. The first was its fresh water station. 
okay, wow. which is in the hallway. Okay. There's a little ramekin of fresh water, which I need to change. Uh, the next thing that needs to be changed is it's dry food, which doesn't seem like a problem. However, it's in the girl's bedroom. What do you mean? The, the dry food section is in the, the girl's bedroom who owns the flash. Wow, so the cat goes in there to have its dry food after it's had a little wash and a drink in the cold water section. Fresh water, exactly. And then there's a a wet food station in the kitchen that I have to attend to. And it's all sectioned out in little Tupperware and stuff. Now, the wet food was the one thing I didn't want to get involved with, as you know. You said you wanted to have a taste. Uh, Anyone listen to this? Anyone listen to this, 100% guarantee that you've, you've sniffed cat food, wet cat food, and thought, this probably tastes all right. Absolutely horrific. And finally, there's a kitty litter station, uh, which she said I don't have to deal with. However, the cat has a habit of flicking its poop out of the kitty litter tray. So she said, whatever you do, don't take off your shoes. Well, like I said to you before, uh, I looked after our mutual friend Brian's cats and I had to prospect. It's like prospecting for gold nuggets, but it wasn't nuggets. It was little tiny cat poos. D- I know. Cat tods. So it's really, it's really put me off having a cat, I have to say. And is it a nice cat? What kind of cat is it? What's it called? Well, first of all, it does not look like a pug. Let me tell you that. Oh, it's got a skin complaint. It's got a skin... Do you have to rub lotion on it? A little bit like in uh, Silence of the Lambs? Thankfully, I don't have to rub lotion, but I am worried about my partner's brain and eyes because it's a straight-up cat. Like, I just don't get it. I really, really don't. And can I, can I ask a personal question? Is, is, the, is the lady in question, is she single or has she got, she got someone in her life? She is single. Okay, do you think it might be anything to do with the fact she's got dry cat food under her bed? Well, like, I mean, now that you mention it, it doesn't exactly breed romance, does it? Having like, and then the cat goes in and chews them really loudly in the bedroom, like really like it's chewing conkers or something. You're so right, Bush, I didn't think of it, but that is it, that's spot on. It's a romance recipe for disaster, there's no two ways about it. Uh, In in Bush news, very quickly, I I feel bad bringing this up at the very start of a podcast, and I apologise if you're listening to this whilst you're you're having your tea or breakfast or whatever, but um, my entire right foot big toenail came off this morning. What? The whole thing, the entire toenail. I, I, I kicked the bottom of somebody else's boot when I was playing football three weeks ago. And then over the past few weeks, it's got darker. Mm-hmm. And I thought, aye, aye, something's going on here, a bit of witchcraft. And then it's just flipping, falling off. It's opened up like the, the boot on a Ford Capri. And then it's come off. So, so I uh, feel like, I have a few questions about this. I feel like the nail is what really holds the toe together and yeah. makes it, you know, quite sturdy. Without the nail... Do you feel incredibly vulnerable? I feel like I might fall over quite a lot. I feel like I've got... My toe is like a ninja's toe. You know, like the way ninjas have got two big toes? You know what I mean? Uh, sort of. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm more concerned about, like, is this going to cause more damage to the nail? And are you never going to have a nail again? I don't know. What I can say is, and this, this goes out to anyone listening who has had a, an injury inflicted on them by a family member accidentally, donkey's years ago, but it, it's still a thing. My, the reason my toenail is so um, susceptible to this, and again, I apologise for talking about it, but it was we're amongst friends, one big family on this podcast. Um, my mum dropped a old-fashioned uh, glass bottle of Coke onto my toe at a family barbecue when I was eight years old. And wow. my toenail, as a result, every three or four years just falls off if it gets a slight bit of trouble falls off and regenerates again a bit like Doctor Who so what have happened anyway if you hadn't kicked your man's boot is it I, I, think the, I think the kick has, has, has speeded it along a little bit I, I'm, I'm, if anyone's listening to this and they are a uh, they, they screen movie writer or they're, they're looking to commission a new science fiction series I know my left foot is already Daniel Day-Lewis has already done that <laughs> this is my right foot but I'm more than willing to sell the film rights M- message me up 
Right, my foot aside, I think we've got uh, business to attend to, and that is chronicling the category of E in the A to Z of the 90s. So without further ado, Louise, you ready for this? Let's go. Right, first one, I'm going to kick off with one uh, that popped into my mind when I knew that we were going to be doing E this week uh, in the A to Z of the 90s. And I'm not sure if you'll be familiar with this, but do you remember a very curious um, soap opera that launched briefly in the 1990s called El Dorado? Now, I recognise the name, but I don't recognise the soap itself. Go on, tell me about it. It was about expats living, I think, in Spain... Uh, so lots of sovereign rings, uh, lots of fry-ups for breakfast, even though it's like 90-degree heat, that kind of thing. A bit of undercurrent of crime, a couple of sketchy characters in there as well. But I think they thought it was going to be like the new EastEnders and, and live as long as EastEnders. Mm. And then it kind of just um, it like went on for, I don't know, like 40 episodes, and then the BBC decided to pull the plug on it. Actually, you, you might be listening to this and you know the exact length of how long El Dorado went on for, but I feel like it didn't go on for as long as they expected it to, put it this way. I'm going to you said BBC there. It sounded like a Channel 5 sort of thing. Are you sure it was BBC, Bush? Let me let me just... I'm going to find out for you right now. El Dorado. Bit of live Googling on the podcast. TV show. Let's see. It ran from the 6th of July, 1992, and it ended on the 9th of July, 1993. So it only lasted one year, and it was indeed done by the BBC. Was it? And was it... Um, did it have sexy undertones to it? Or no sexy undertones. Okay. Just Brits abroad... Just sweating cobs in the sun, moaning about. So it's a little bit like um, a, a live action dramatization of a place in the sun. You know, where they take heavy, tattooed, uh, ashen faced Brits who spend a lot of time smoking fags, watching TVs that are way too big in their lounge, and then see if they want to buy a holiday home in Turkey and then they don't really fancy it or fall out and go home. A bit like that. Bush, I feel like. I want it back. I feel like I want to watch that. When I'm sick for a week, just watch the entire thing. Why don't they... They should bring it back. I don't know if anyone uh, has uh, got any contact with the powers that be, the top brass at the BBC. Let's get flipping El Dorado back. So in the A to Z of the 90s, E is for El Dorado. I got one for you, Bush. Yeah. Okay, so what needs to go in is, of course, and we couldn't leave it out, is eBay. Well, eBay, I guess it did start in the 1990s, didn't it? it? I suppose. It started in 1995, to be precise. And I love this story so much, okay? Uh, it was by a computer programmer called Pierre Omidyar. I can really apologise now. I'm probably not pronouncing that I, right. I, I think that, that must be how his name is pronounced. That sounds pretty <laughs> legit to me, Louise. It was as part of a larger personal site. So one of the first items he sold uh, on this auction website was a broken laser pointer. And he sold it for $14. Now, he was pretty surprised that this sold, okay? Yeah. Uh, and so he was he's obviously a nice guy. He contacted the winning bidder to ask, do you understand that this is actually like a broken laser point, right? And the guy wrote back, yeah, I'm absolutely fine with that. I'm a collector of broken and laser points and Ooh. he was like okay I'm on to something here so what was a hobby for him became one of the biggest shopping and auction sites that we know to date online so do you I mean are you one of those people who will sit up with a glass of wine and, and like bid for stuff because I, I feel like I haven't got the time to hang around for like a six day auction on something I want to know straight away whether I've got it or not so I'm very much a tick the box of buy it now type guy what's, what's your yeah. view on the whole yeah. uh, bidding I'm thing? with you Bush I'm with you I like instant gratification uh, what I do go on to eBay for is like vintage Adidas stuff I love oh. vintage Adidas tops uh, obviously was wearing one recently for your Bush um, and you look like a dealer that was it yeah I remember that <laughs> yeah, I look like a dealer uh, but yeah it's got all the good gear on there all, all the good old gear 
And for me, I mean, I've talked about this before, we've done a podcast about it as well, but obviously I'm a massive board game geek. I'm always on the lookout for... My, 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 my dream is like... And this sounds bad because it sounds like I'm taking advantage of someone, but my, my dream is when people don't realise that they've got like a, a vintage game there and having a clear out clearing out someone's attic and there's a game there that's like a a grail game that i can then get and tart up and maybe sell it on like a wheeler dealer that's the dream for me bush you buy secondhand board games yeah is that not incredibly unsanitary what do you mean what from from a dirty perspective (laughs) yeah i've never thought about it like do you not think that like someone was playing that game was really into it maybe needed a a good itch or a scratch or whatever went back to the board game you know, maybe did stuff with the dice to make them lucky. Come on, Bush, think you, about this. I've never thought about this before, right? But I, I, if I'm if I'm thinking about what move to make, if I've got a game of cards, I'll whack the cards against my bottom lip as I'm thinking like that. And now that that, might, that person might have had their balls on yeah. those cards, and I've I essentially know. chinned their balls. <laughs> You've ruined board games for me now, Louise. Thanks so much. Damn you, okay, eBay. The second question I have about that is, uh, is, that, is that actually a thing where games get more valuable if there's only maybe a few editions? Is that, explain this to me. Yes, so for example, if a game goes out of print, uh, I, I watch almost like a, a board game stock exchange. Like if a game goes out of print, like they're not doing another print run, run of it, you can get a game that's worth like three, four hundred pounds. So you can no you can really make some money on it. And it's the same thing with your, your trainers. You know what I mean? Once they're they're, okay. they're no, not doing any more runs on them, we, we should quit our day jobs, Louise, and just go and sell stuff out the back of a van. This is the way forward. This is the way to do it. I mean, I've always known this, but you are so much more of a geek to me now. Than I'm a massive I've nerd. Massive nerd, and I've had somebody else's balls via distance and the postal service on my chin so thanks for that in the 80s of the 1990s E's for ebay right we got a little um uh submission from a listener oh, here i love these louise so this is uh sent in by nick uh he was very keen to do this one when when i mentioned that uh we're going to be doing e and uh here it is this is mr nick bruzon have a little listen hey bush it's nick here and i'd like to nominate e for football's elephant in the room or rather, the big steaming pile of elephant poo in the room, better known as the England Supporters Band. You know, those pillocks that have turned up at every game since 1996, armed with nothing more than trumpets, trombones, and a musical repertoire so grim as to make the Vuvuzela seem like definitely maybe in comparison. Look, I'm not going to mince any words here. I loathe them. Absolutely loathe them. But seriously, who actually likes them? We need to get rid of them right now. Send them back to 1996 and leave them there. Well, Nick there with uh, his quite clear dislike of the uh, the England band. Louise, are you aware of what the England band is? I didn't understand any of that voice note. <laughs> so, uh, uh, well, they have a, a, a group of people that go along. They bring their trum- trumpets, trombones and stuff and a drum with them. And then they'll stand on the sidelines during an England international match and just go... And no one has asked them to do this. I don't know. I don't know how it started. Someone, I don't know. Maybe someone suggested it. Now they they, they feel like they're too polite to say anything. Do you know what I mean? But they're just there. They're always just there. He's got a point. 
It needs to stop. Wow. Okay, I'm just opening my mind up to a whole new world. So do you think they buy tickets and just go to the sideline or do you think someone lets them in? I'm really confused. That's a good point, actually. Well, maybe, maybe it's becoming clearer now. Maybe it's the free ticket. I mean, you, would, you wouldn't even want to know. I can't even talk about on this podcast what I would do for a free football ticket. So maybe banging a drum and playing a terrible bit of clarinet or trombone isn't actually that bad. So it's a very 90s thing. Started in the 90s. Nick, that is a very good point. In the A to Z of the 1990s, E is for the dreaded England band. Lomo hits with another one. Okay, how about uh, Edward Scissorhands? Oh, I used to love that film. What a great Did you film. Love that film. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. So um, for me, that film uh, was one of those things I'd heard loads about. I honestly think, and this is so lame to say, I don't think I was allowed to watch it. It came out in 1990 um, and I don't think it was ever, ever played in our house. So I would hear people talk about this film in school and it wasn't until much, much later, um, probably like in my early 20s that I saw it for the first time. I thought, oh my God, I bet it's aged, but I guess I better watch it. One of those sort of bucket list movies. And I was like this. This is incredible. You really want to root around in Tim Burton's head just to find out what the hell is going on in there, don't you? Do you know what? I saw a picture of it the other day because obviously what's been going on with Johnny Depp and everything. But like, mm. I can't, um, I can't remember what it was about. What he was was he like a, a local mobile hairdresser? Is that what he was? <laughs> I don't think so. I think it was like a lament to sort of outcasts and people who felt like, you know, the world didn't understand them. And uh, I think, yeah, Burton just tapped into that and made this character. And But like, it's so weird when you think about it, like really think about it and think about him sitting down to create this character. Like, what a dude, what happened in his past that he created this? Well, here's a question for you. Here's a question for you, right? And, and for people listening at home as well. If you could have any household item or object attached to your hands like because he had scissors what would you have and why he'd be called Louise something hands that would be okay well like do you know what the first thing that came to my head was before you'd even before you hadn't even finished the sentence was whisks (laughs) Louise whisk hands yeah I just thought that would be like probably since 2013 Bombas has donated over 100 million socks underwear and t-shirts to those facing homelessness If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Not that practical, but would look pretty cool. What about yours? How often do you whisk? When was the last time you like, whisked something? I've been whisking about 15 years. Well, waste of time having it on your hands. I know, but like, what would you go for? I'd be Andy TV remote hands. Oh, you said kitchen utensil. Any, any, you, t- you can change it if you want, right? Any utensil. It doesn't have to be whisks then. <laughs> <laughs> All right, no, you, because you've said it, you have to have, sorry about this, everyone. You have to have whisk on one hand. I think I just like have a hand full of torches. What? 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 As in, like light up the light up the darkness torches? I just think that'd be cool. Do you not think so? When was the last time you used the torch? I use the torch on my phone constantly. Yeah, it's on your phone. There's a clue. <laughs> what a waste of uh, of uh, 
prosthetic. Okay, give me another one. Hand. I'm crap at this. Give me another one then. Right, so I'm obviously a Mandy uh, channel changer hands or um, doofer. Or zapper, as my other half Katie calls Stop, it. Doofer is the worst. Isn't word that the worst? Gosh. If you call it the doofer, you need to have a real really? word with yourself. I think that's just you, Bush. I don't. I, I've heard it called the doofer. I never call it the doofer. I call it the changer. Oh god. What do you call it? The remote. That's very clinical. Isn't it? <laughs> K- Katie calls it the zapper, which is just in a Geordie accent. It's the zapper. It's all got the zapper. <laughs> ah, you've got me zapper, but it's, it's on my hands now, so it's absolutely fine. Trying to think what else will be there. Um... Andy spare key hands. Do get in touch though if you would like uh, or would like to have a household item attached to your hands. Uh, get in touch with me on Twitter and tell me about it. But tell me why you're telling me, otherwise it will come out of the blue and it'll be a bit weird. At Bush on the radio in the A to Z of the 1990s is for Edward Scissorhands. Right, I'm going to chuck another E at you. Right for the A to Z of the 90s, I'm going to chuck in a band suggested by Claire on Twitter that I feel like girls loved and it annoyed me at the time that girls, you lot. Love them. And that's Extreme. Do you remember Extreme? Oh, my God, yeah. Did they sing that song, More Than Words? More Than Words. They look like uh, two girls off a Timothée advert with really long, overly brushed, like, thin hair. Uh, No shirts on, leather waistcoats. Big thing with leather waistcoats in the 90s. Lots of leather... You know, people who wear leather wristbands, leather neck chokers, men, men who do thing, that. Wasn't it? Yeah, it was a real thing, wasn't it? It was a real thing. thing. Um, but it was a lighters-out song. And, and do you know what it reminded me of? And I've never, never like, um, come to terms with this. Is that no matter how cheesy, I think, bloke turning up in park with acoustic guitar is, you lot, girls, absolutely go for it and love it and swoon at it if someone does that in a park. You can't help yourselves, can you? I think that's a certain type of girl because that makes me cringe and my toes curl because all they can ever really play is like Wonderwall. Or More Than you Words know? by Extreme. Or <laughs> You know when you're at a party and there's like, yeah, like especially a, a university party and everyone's having a really good time and then someone turns off the music and someone brings out an acoustic. You're just oh. like, this is the absolute buzzkill of the night. Do you know what I would love to have, right? And uh, I don't think it's ever going to be a thing, but I could just dream for it being an invention. It's like a toned down taser, a social taser. So you're obviously not going to give yeah. someone the same electric shock as you would do for like a police taser, but just you deliver... Maybe a high-speed beanbag or something that kind of really shocks people, makes them go, ow, like a cattle grid thing rather than something that's really going to hurt someone. Imagine that, though. You can just give them a couple of volts if you see someone with their acoustic guitar out being dead cheesy at a party. Do do they know it's you that tased them? Yeah, because I'd have to pull out a yellow plastic gun and go, taser, taser, taser. (laughs) That's part of the rules. I'd like to I'd like to amalgamate one of my choices with one of your choices because when you get when you gave a good lead up there to band you guys love them blah 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 I was all g'd up to talk about E17. Oh, I've got it on my list. E17, let's do this. Okay, let's do the but let's let's put these both in together because E17 uh, were around, of course, back in the day. Had a huge 1994 Christmas hit with Stay of the Day. Was that what it was called? Stay um, now. Yeah, exactly. And these were the sort of bad boys who will take that with the good boys. You know, they were sort of like in competition. At the time, actually, I think I was more into E17. Um, and you obviously know why they're called E17? Postcode, mate. Yeah, Walthamstow. Um, so, yeah, absolutely loved them back in the day. They were just sort of like, they were a bit of rough bush and I liked it. Uh, I liked um, Tony Mortimer's hair. Tony Mortimer was the lead singer guy's hair. I, I like, I, there was an era in the 90s where men would use wet look gel mm. and then tease the front of it so it looked like um, t- 
tiny little octopus's tentacles dangling down onto their forehead. Uh, yeah. And I love Tony Mortimer's hair. I, I love the fact that he was kind of like the main one writing all the songs. And then the other... Do you remember the two, the other two? The other two off of E17 were just like... Brian uh, Harvey, was he one of them? So Brian was the front guy doing the singing, the little fella. And then there was like two, no offence, but like chump guys who were just looked <laughs> exactly the same. They had ridiculous hairstyles, little mini uh, about to go off with the RAF or Navy moustaches. And they were just stood at the back, but they never used to sing anything or anything, I don't think. Maybe there was security or something. Yeah, but isn't that kind of similar to take that? Like, two main people, two at the back. It's like a football formation. Yeah, I mean, and then they go solo and they don't do very well and turns out they need the two chumps in the back. That's they what do. made it good. Oh, but I, I think the two chumps at the back, and that maybe is what their split-off band was called, but I think they were doing, like, um, gigs at Yates's Wine Lodges and stuff like that for, you know... Because the, the worst thing is about being the guys at the back... Uh, the anonymous ones in a band is that you know when it all goes kind of tits up, mm. where, 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 what can you do? Where can you go from there? Do you know what I mean you got you know, a couple, couple of runs of like um, you know I'm a celebrity, get me out of here, bit of panto, and then that's you done and dusted. You got to you got to get some income from somewhere. Do you know what I mean? Well, as far as I know, Bush E17 are still going without Brian Harvey and without Tony Mortimer. So what? I think they're still going, and I think it's the two chumps at the back that are still the ones. I think they no. changed the name to. E17 as opposed to East 17. And I think they're still going. Do you know what I, lo- I love it when uh, there's like that weird legal battle with like who owns the name of a band? Mm. And you know, a little bit like um, rather than just being the IRA, it's the continuity IRA. Well, they, these are like, <laughs> it's the continuity E17 because it's not the real E17 because Tony, Tony Mormer owns the rights to that, surely, doesn't he? Do you know what I mean? Oh, he has to. I mean, he was the talent in that band, wasn't he? No offence, Brian. It's how's Brian these days? Is he okay? Didn't he, like, run over himself in his own car? Like, something fell out of the car and he reached out to get it and ran over himself? I think he was having a jacket potato and he ran over himself, yeah. <laughs> Brian, if you're listening, mate, I hope you're OK. In the A to Z of the 1990s, E is for E17. Another one here for you, Louise. I don't know what, what mobile phone you had during this era. Uh, before you play the age card on me, no doubt you were only three or four or whatever, crawling around on the floor. But um, a lot of people have been um, reminiscing, uh, uh, having some pure nostalgia about the mobile phone they had back in this era. Uh, I've had a lot of photos of Ericsson phones. you remember Sony Ericsson or Ericsson phones, as they were called in this era? Do you know what? I can actually picture them. Did they have a flip on them? Were they fl- like a flip-up flop, like a flip-up flap thing? <laughs> a flip-up flap. <laughs> They flip up the flap. Because they, they flip up the actually... flap on the floor. <laughs> they... So they didn't actually flip closed, but they had a flap that flipped up. Is that correct? Can you stop saying really flip and flap? It's absolutely. It's like a kids' TV show. <laughs> but yeah, it was. It was. Uh, I had a blue, a bright blue plastic Sony Ericsson phone, or just Ericsson. I had a plastic aerial, flipping aerial. Imagine having an aerial on a mobile phone now. Uh, so every time you made a call, you looked like a dealer or you were in MI5 or something. And then I had to, to text. I got no, you know, couldn't, I don't know how people even be asked with texting back then, but you would have to type each, you know, it was like four letters on each key. So to get D, you'd have to go D, 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 D. And then F would be D, D on key number five. It'd be like Morse code. So do you know what, Bush? I'm going to say something so controversial here. Go on. I way prefer that texting than texting on the iPhone. Do you right. know why? Because, like, <laughs> look at your face. I, I, I just want to explain to people where this has come from, why you as Louise Maloney have this fear of technology in terms of communication. Is that I don't know if we've ever explained this to our dear listeners, but tell, tell them what your dad does when it comes to emails and <laughs> writing emails. They need to know this. 
Okay, so my dad wears like a Madonna-esque headset <laughs> with a microphone that comes around to his mouth and his <laughs> headphones. And he, what's it called? Like dictates into it. Yeah. And so he'll speak into it and then whatever he speaks in uh, types on a page right in front of him, on the screen right in front of him in a creepy sort of ghost-like way. So he sits he sits in the office then in your parents' house and just says it out loud. And what he's got a computer system that's transcribing for linked him, is that right? It. Yeah. It's linked up to this headset. It's called the dragon. And the dragon oh. is is um, is <laughs> That's brilliant. Is, the dragon is is hooked up to the computer and it just types everything he says into it. What's his problem? Amazing. What's his problem? Do you not like I mean He's you a, would happily type fifteen letters and stuff like that for texting from the nineties, but maybe he doesn't like I typing. Have, Maybe I have chubby fingers, okay? But I always make mistakes when I'm typing on the iPhone. But with the the whole, like, you know, it's actually, I was thinking as you were saying it, it was only one click of three to get a D and yeah. three clicks of three to get an F because that's how much I know it. That's how it's ingrained in my head. I find that way easier to do than the iPhone. I just want to find out if anyone else listening to this uses what uh, Louise's dad calls the dragon. Have you got a headset that transcribes for you because you're a bit suspicious of typing? Get in touch on Twitter and tell us about it, at Bush on the radio. In the A to Z of the 1990s, E is undoubtedly for Ericsson mobile phones. Okay, Bush, I think it's time we we heard from someone, right? Yeah. To find out what their favourite thing of the 90s is. Um, So, I mean, we have a whole, like cacophony of people who want to be on the podcast iconic people who want to be on the on the on, on the podcast um i was like let's get the person who won the first ever like x factor i think it was called pop idol back in the day because i was like that's 90s actually i got it wrong it was the year 2000 but whatever i still got my hands on will young Yay. and he has let us know what he loves about the 90s here it goes hi louise it's will young here um my favorite thing of the 90s, it's actually 90s R&B. Um, everything from like Aaliyah, TLC, Monica, Brandy, D'Angelo, Mary J. Blige. Oh my God, it was just endless. Fuji's, Refugee All-Stars. Um, I'm obsessed with it. So that's my favorite thing. It even makes me happy just thinking about it. Love you. Yeah, there's something what? about 90s music, isn't there? Do you know what? He's got right. such a lovely, relaxing voice, hasn't he, uh, Will Young? He should Young? do audiobooks, shouldn't he? He should do audiobooks. And, and, and it's kind of, he's quite well-spoken. So he, he kind mm. of reminds me of, um, maybe if I didn't want to go over the top, a, a trench in the, in the First World War, he'd be like a, a captain who'd kind of talk me into it through kind of quite dulcet tones. Go on, Bushy, over you go. Go on, fella, you'll be fine. <laughs> Keep your head down, that's it. That's my boy. Off you go then. Will, if you're listening to this... <laughs> Get in touch. I love him. Bush, Bush needs you. Yeah, I think he's dead right. And, and, I, and loads of my, my picks for tonight were about music. And one of the bands I loved most, and I still listen to to this day, I probably listen to them more now than I did back in the 90s, and that is En Vogue. Oh, I remember seeing En Vogue on Top of the Pops for the first time and being mm. absolutely blown away because they were just like, I'd never seen anything else like them. And obviously, if you, people are into Destiny's Child now, they'll be like, mm. we might not know what En Vogue are all about. But they, they set the tone. They, they created that scene, didn't they, En Vogue? Well, just incredibly beautiful, incredibly talented. And I, I did a little bit of research on them because I wanted to know. So first of all, I really believe they all grew up on the same street or were sisters or whatever. They weren't. They are a manufactured girl band. However, uh, they were manufactured in a way that like none of them would be the lead. So all right. four of them were going to be able to sing. We're going to be as hot as each other. So none of them, you know, no none chump, of them would no outshine. Chump. 
No, no chumps, chumps in the background, no like E17. Do you know what I mean? There's no chumps exactly. in the background. And you can tell because they are all awesome. And, and I feel like their music hasn't aged at all. And I know that if I've been at a party and you put on like, um, you know, My Lovin' or something, everyone gets up, everyone starts dancing or everyone starts singing. Absolutely love them. Fantastic band. I'm going to chuck another E in along the lines of music. Uh, what about this? Enya. Quite a few people suggesting Enya. Orinoco Flow and all that kind of stuff. What was all that about? It's never been explained. Doesn't need to be explained. What do you need explained to you, Bush? No, but was she? It's almost like she lived in one of the magic eye pictures. That who, who was our guest the other week that was talking about the uh, the magic eye picture? Kim Wilde. Kim Wilde. I think Enya was living in Kim Wilde's magic eye picture because it was all dolphins and sea spray and flaps of flamenco skirts, but all done via the medium of oil paintings. It was kind of crazy. Yeah, and she obviously has made a lot of money from that, right? And she now lives in this, and I'm, I'm not even joking you, this kind of castle-like house she? Uh, in Dublin by the coast. And apparently, I don't know for this for sure, but apparently she doesn't have a partner and she's got loads of cats and she lives in this castle and just kind of like chills out by the sea every Every day. Like, I'm not going to lie, that sounds kind of dreamy. All that from Orinoco Flow. You should offer to go and feed them, Louise. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, I think we've pretty much, we've nearly run out of time. This has gone quick, man. And, uh, you know, I, there's one one other person suggested eggy breads, which I just said, I said that I'd try and squeeze that one in as well from, from I think, Dan has suggested that. I don't think that came in the 90s, so way before that, right? I don't know. When did Eggie Bread start? Let's, let's, let's end this week's podcast with a, a question and look to camera. When the hell did Eggie Bread start? Bush, can we just give one notable mention, please? Yeah, go on. To ease. What? To ease. <laughs> you, you, you want to finish off the back of Eggie Bread talking about ease? Listen, it's what the public had said. It's what they said the 90s was all about. It's why they said the 90s are so, were so great. How right. can we not mention them? Okay, so just at the tail end of this then, just when you thought it was going to be light-hearted and family fun, you're throwing in the eckies. I mean, I, I, that wasn't my experience of the 90s. I'm just saying that's what all the people... That's what, that's what the people want. That's what people have said. Oh, are you saying it's my experience of the 90s? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, I've got the, you know a bit of a shake and sometimes I forget where I am and all that kind of stuff and I still have the bucket hats, but it was all just... Uh, you know, Coca-Cola and good times. Of course it was. That'll be my, the title of my autobiography. Andy Bush, Coca-Cola and good times. Well, there you have it. Another episode of the A to Z of the 90s in the bag. Thank you so much for all your brilliant suggestions. There's probably loads that we've not managed to get through, but uh, uh, what is so good about this is each letter is bringing up so many fantastic memories. If you've got anything that you think needs to be in next week's episode, a.k.a. F, uh, get in touch now uh, on Twitter, at Bush on the radio, or on Instagram, Andy Bush Radio. Uh, she has been Louise Maloney. I've been Andy Bush. We will say, see you next week with another episode of the A to Z of the 1990s. The producer is the brilliant... Ross Ramsey Golding and we'll see you in the next one thanks for listening